sports betting preview podcast from pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to Sports Betting Podcast from Pregame.com for the week of December 2nd, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional better here in Las Vegas. This is segment one of six, big game preview, college football, Florida and Alabama, battle of the undefeateds. All right, Vegas runner, tell us what the line's done in this game. Okay, this one's at a neutral field at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. The line opened at four and a half. Um, no total because it was early in the week and since then it's gone down to three and a half up to five and a half and as of right now there's no line due to the Carlos Dunlop being suspended and running back Ingram from Alabama being question marked so due to that status they're not willing to book it right now okay so the move how would you describe the reasons behind the the movement initially was it about these injuries and player availability yeah because at at four and a half the first move was going to go up because uh, most of the sharps i spoke to thought the line should be near six and according to even lvsc's ratings they had five and a half between these two on a neutral field so i thought it would go up around six at game time but as soon as the dunlop suspension is even news that he got pulled over um happened it went down to three and a half and, and since so at this then, point we know unless i'm mistaken he's we, not playing he's, he's not playing yet. and we're taping on wednesday and so the only question is the running back from alabama exactly. status exactly okay all right so really we try what we try to do is determine what the meaning of the wise guy moves are. In this case, we're not able to take much away Absolutely right now. Absolutely not. Okay, so, Marco, let's discuss this game as if the line is going to be, and again, Ingram's going to play a role. So, I mean, would you say if he does play, we're looking at about five. If he doesn't, we're looking at seven? Does yeah, that sound right? exactly. So why don't we discuss it along those assumptions? As a handicapper, Marco, what jumps out at you in this game? Well, the first thing for me when I looked at this game, you have a rare occurrence. Obviously, it's number one versus number two. But this is basically the second year in a row that we're in this exact same situation. It's not very often that a team gets to you know, get revenge in the exact same situation. Spot, yeah. And that is a huge motivator for Alabama to do. I mean, last year, Alabama, for all... Actually, expect- let, let me jump in a second. And we actually talked about this. Uh, Dan Beebe and Mike Cook are doing a daily podcast called Today in Sports Betting. We've all guested on there. I was the Monday guest. And what we were talking about was Mike Cook said, he'll, he'll love I'm bringing this up again because I kind of blasted him about this. He said, oh, I think New England is less motivated than New Orleans. I'm like, New England's fighting for a top two seed. And... The fact that, you know, if they lose this game, in which they ended up losing, is the chance of them getting that number two seed and getting a bye, which is so important, goes way down. How can you, you know, maybe, there's really not shades of motivation. No, no. So, so that's my question to you. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves here is to really ask the questions is, can you really say Alabama has a motivational advantage? It's like saying, oh, it's nice to have a jacket in the winter. It makes me warm. But if you got a heater and it's already 80 degrees, you 
don't need the jacket. I'm not saying that revenge isn't a motivation, but can it really be an incremental difference or are both teams maximally motivated? They're one game from the national championship. Well, as I usually do, I beg to differ. And here's the reason. Yes, they are both motivated for the same goal, but when you are number two, there's a built-in distinction of added motivation because the whole time leading up to the, the game, everybody is talking about the other team is the better team. That's why so many times in the, the national championship game, the history has been where the dog has done so much better against the spread in those national championship games because they are the underdog. They're not the team that's expected to win. The public has said, you're not as good as Florida. And if somebody tells you you're not as good as somebody, you have more motivation to prove them wrong. It's human nature. All right, so uh, I, I guess my question is, is it that Alabama is going to be maximally motivated or, or motivated beyond max, which I guess I don't know how that happens, or is it Florida's going to be complacent? Because the argument you just made is, there's two ways to look at this motivation issue. One is one team is more motivated, but the other team is maximally motivated, which is how is that the case? You can only go to max. Or the other one is Alabama is max because of the factors you're talking about, and because of the lack of those factors, Florida is complacent. It, so you believe Florida is going to be complacent um, in this spot? See, I think that's a, uh, a word not to use. No, Florida is not going to be complacent, but they're not going to have as much focus or drive as Alabama because Alabama is the one that needs to prove something. They lost to this team last year. Florida is the defending national champ. They have had the spotlight on them all year. They've always been in the shadow as number two. They want to change that. They want to knock them off their perch. Yeah, where Florida just had to keep winning and they're going to stay number one. Alabama had to do something special. Yeah, it's just, I, I guess, like, you know, what, we, what we tend to talk about here a lot is these are human beings. So my question is, if... If you're Tim Tebow or whatever, are you in a situation where you're not taking? Could you take this game any more seriously? Absolutely not. Hey, maybe Dunlop should have, but, but everyone else, no. All right. So, but if that's the case, then you and Marco are disagreeing because if Florida has a maximum motivation, you can't go above it. I think so, they're motivated to the max. So, and again, I guess we have a, a disagreement here. Is you believe that Florida could be more motivated? Alabama. No. He's saying Alabama. Exactly, but what I'm saying is if Alabama is maximally motivated, then and that's an edge, that means Florida could be more motivated. Oh, yeah, right. That's the edge that Marco's talking about. It's a about. psychological edge. Whenever well, that's what, that's what motivation is, a psychological. So you're saying Florida can be more motivated. See, I, the way you're wording it, I hear what you're saying, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm saying that Alabama... Alabama's the guy that's bringing the lunch pail to work, and they're staying until the job's so done. So if Florida was the underdog in this case, they would be more motivated. Especially if they lost to that team last year. All right, so if Florida was on revenge, and, and they were the underdog in this game, they would be more motivated than they are coming into this game. In my handicapping, I, that, that's, a, that's So Florida could yes. be more motivated. They could be more, mo more motivated, or I like to use the word focused. Okay, so to me, that's wh where I guess with the national championship on the line, I disagree. But again, there's two ways to look at Here, it. Here's the thing. Do you remember the old uh, car rental car commercials, Avis and Hertz? Mm -hmm. Avis built their commercials around, we're number two, 
we try harder. No, I understand the concept. I the question is is it is it just one game? If it's day after day, like with a company being number two makes some sense where you're gonna be extra motivated. If it's one or two games, I'm not sure. But it's again, two years here. But but no, it's one game in it's this. It's one case. game today, but it's been two years that Alabama's had to be the second fiddle in the SEC. Very interesting that we have two sides here uh, or two angles on this, and we are in disagreement. We have less than two minutes. VR, hit me with the key points. Uh, for me, game. bottom line. Uh, yeah, Florida won that game last year, but they won it late in the fourth quarter. They were losing, so they're going to show up for Alabama. They're not going to take this game lightly at all. What I see the big advantage for Florida is this. Alabama's team last year had John Parker at quarterback, not the kid that's going to be playing this Saturday. That's the huge difference, and I give a big edge there for Florida. Tebow's been in this spot before. So you have a lean towards Florida. Yeah, right now I definitely have a lean towards Florida. And you have a lean towards Alabama. That's negated by they don't have Percy Harvin for Florida true, this year. True, true, true. But that I mean, you got the this double. Isn't last, this isn't last year's teams. I mean, no, you know no, that. exactly. But you got the double threat. Tebow throws and runs where the Alabama quarterback stationary. He passes the ball only. So lean to Florida, Florida. Lean Alabama yes. motivationally. I have a lean towards Florida. Quickly, here's why. Check this out. Twenty-one and eight as a favorite ATS. 21 and 8 overall, so two different sets of games, and 20 and 6 versus winners. This is a team, even up. though, even though, versus winners, meaning the opponent is the winning team, even though they are a marquee team, Always they favor. still seem to be undervalued. Yeah. All right, good conversation. Next up is going to be segment two of six. We're going to preview another college game, Georgia Tech and Clemson. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six, big game preview, college football, Georgia Tech, Clemson. Okay, Vegas Shriner, you are the line move expert. What did the line do in this game early? Okay, this one's on a neutral site being played at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Line opened up a pick with a total of 54.5. As of now, we're looking at Georgia Tech, a one-point favorite with a total of 55.5. Okay, so what we try to do is we try to find the meaning behind the moves any thoughts on this? Is this significant enough to think the wise guys like Georgia Tech? Are they looking at a buyback? What's your gut feeling? No, like? no, I don't. I don't think so at all. Um, what they'd love to do is get the dog in, in on both sides of a game, and that they're not going to get that chance in this game. Um, so I don't really think they're going to get involved unless this line moves. Well, clearly up they got way. involved by moving to it move it. The, uh, there's still some picks out there. All right, so a slight edge it seems to Georgia Tech yeah. for the wise guys. Okay, Marco, as a handicapper, what's the one factor that jumps out in this game? Well, Clemson has one huge advantage that they're getting to see the Georgia Tech option for the second time this year. Yep. As we've talked about so many times this year, that when you play a team with a gimmick-type offense, that it's tough to prepare for. Well, they've got game film from the first game to work with. And on-field experience. And on-field experience. The one thing on the flip side that makes this game tough from a handicapping standpoint is that first game was a tale of two halves. They were down 24 nothing. Clemson was in that first game. It was the first week of the season. It was a Thursday night game. Yeah, 24-7 at the half. They, they came all the way back and actually had a lead mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, and then Georgia Tech rallied and pulled the game back now, Could you make the case that the same concept that you put forth, which was being familiar with a gimmicky offense, is an advantage in game two? 
also could have been an advantage in the second half of game one. Um, absolutely. They made a couple turnovers in the first half that have resulted in some quick scores. For, Clemson uh, toward, turned over. Okay. Clemson turned over. So that was it. But if you look at the actual stats from that first game, uh, you know, it really wasn't that big of a difference in the game. But I'm having trouble with because the public's going to look at the game. You know how I always talk about how do you react to what the public took away from that. That's one of meeting. your main handicapping approaches. And in this one, do you look at it and say, Georgia Tech was up 24 nothing, and then they got complacent and let Clemson back into the game? Or do you look at it and will they say... Clemson figured them out. Clemson figured them out. Now they got them and they're going to win this game. But the early line move, you know, if the early line move would have went to Clemson, I would have, you know, been sold that that's the way the public is thinking too. But remember now, the early moves... Now, that's the catch-22 is sometimes the early move is, is a vast majority of the action is sharp action. Sometimes it's a sharp looking for a position and where they're really liking it, and sometimes they're looking to buy back. So since, like we said, this was not around, picking was not around a key number here, and getting the three was going to be unlikely, you've got to think that the move was legitimate. But again, it's a modest move yeah, of best. All right, so now Vegas Runner has an official free pick on this game. Each week we give one official free pick yep. each. Now, um, let's hype. Uh, I got two quick things I want to say. Let's hype these free picks for a minute. We try to provide a bunch of good information here, but we try to be realistic. Combined to all three of us, 27 winners and eight losers wow. is the streak we're on right here with free picks. Now, Vegas Runner, I'm seven and four, and I'm by far the worst. You're nine and one right now on free picks. You're going to give us a free pick yep, as right I here. I said before, I haven't lost a free pick since I was tanned from the summertime. You were pra- you practiced that? <laughs> no, no, no. Today. It just yeah, dawned yeah. on me today when I'm like, damn, I haven't lost since September. So <laughs> Marco, eleven and three, and seven and four. So twenty-seven and eight. This is significant. But before we get to your information, I want to really talk about the point you just made. It's very rare that a team plays twice in the same season in college football. It just doesn't happen all that often. So now with these championship games, it happens a little bit more. One, so to me, that's a key factor in this game. For sure. Another key factor that goes with it, and you made a great point, is the gimmicky offense. Now, when we talk about the bowls here in a couple weeks, the college bowls, you'll get that a lot, is when you have a gimmicky offense like Texas Tech, the teams that ne- or an option, which isn't as much anymore. And you remember back in the 80s, that was a big handicap. Yeah. I was just a kid, but you yeah. remember that. Is, <laughs> is the fact of the matter is, is gimmicky offenses do very well if you're not familiar with them. I think that is the number one factor in this game. I hope that's not stepping on you, VR. Give us your free No, pick. not at all. I love Clemson in this spot. Um, whether it's a pick on whether it's plus one, whether it's minus three. I have no doubt where the public's going to go, but I'm not interested in what the public does. You have no doubt where they're going to go. Where is they're that? They're going to bet Georgia Tech. All right, so, mean, you, all right, so you're going to give us your pick, and then we're going to talk about when to bet this because that's absolutely. something else you specialize in. Go ahead. Here's the bottom line. Clemson's not ranked anywhere in the BCS, nowhere in the USA Today, and yet the odds makers give them respect and have them in the, as the 16th best team in the nation. On the flip side, Georgia Tech, 
is ranked around 12, 10, 11, depending on which agency you believe. Um, so I think there's a lot of value there because of that on the Clemson side. Actually, let's think about this, though. And this is what Marco and I disagree with a lot. And it's all, I, I kind of think if he just gets his last point, he won't ever lose. But we know that's not true because Marco wins a lot even missing this point. And I'm saying it with a smile, but I do believe it. If the team is 12 uh, Georgia Tech or so in the, right. in the public polls, and it's a neutral field and the game opens a pick them, then really, where is the value? Is You would think this line would be three or four. And if so, you, I would see what you're saying. Hey, the public likes Georgia Tech. They don't like Clemson. I'm getting three or four points for the value. But we, you're thinking that Clemson should be underrated here. But are they if it's a pick them game? Yes, and here's the reason why. Because they're meeting this gimmick offense for the second time. And this game's going to be 100 times easier for them. Reasons. Georgia Tech completed four passes in that game, four. And Clemson's the 12th best defense against the pass. So they go into this game knowing Georgia Tech's going to have no success passing the ball. Now, all of a sudden, you saw that running game. You saw that. You know how to defend it. You showed that in the second half. You got a bunch of tape to watch all week. And they're going to stop him this week. And I know the odds maker sees that coming into this game. And if he made Georgia Tech a two, three-point favorite, they would have got steamed okay. all the way down to pick them regardless. Okay, so what you're saying is, and, and Marco, I'll let you jump in, It's a, you're making a fundamental handicap. You're saying all things considered, fundamentally, because they played before, because of the pass-run matchups, you're saying that Clemson's the better team. Yeah. You're getting one point. That's fine, but I don't think it's about Clemson being undervalued because if they were undervalued, how in the heck They'd on a neutral points. can they be? A, Correct. So, no, it isn't one of them moves where I'm like, this is the line's way off and this is why I'm going to bang it. I know I'm getting three You points. just think Clemson's the better this team. This is one of them games that I'm going to bet because I, I feel that they have a lot of Handicapping it, which is a valid free pick. They're the better team, but the fact is, is they're begging for Georgia Tech action here, which is yeah. another thing you like to talk yeah. about because you've got an unranked team on a neutral against a top fifteen team. Right. So, based on that, I would like Clemson with that given. But I will say one thing: you said about them not passing the ball in the first one. If Georgia Tech does not throw the ball twice as many times as they did in the first game. Huge mistake in game plan because Clemson's well, good luck. Come. They could try it. It doesn't mean they're going to have success doing they, it. That's they, the difference. They got it. They have to do that a couple yeah. times in this game. And the thing is, with these gimmicky teams like Navy too, when they do complete a pass play, it's, it's a usually game. a big no, pass. But play. RJ hit it. He's right. Seven out of ten of my bets are based because I think there's value in the line. And then there's that three of ten of them that not just my gut, it's the handicap and it's the situational edge that I think a team has. But seven out of ten, it has to be you're getting a better number. I agree with that. But quickly, is wait, you think the line's going to go up, play Clemson on game day? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. You're going to get more, you're gonna wait get more than one. kickoff, you'll get more points. All right, good conversation this week, guys. Okay, that was segment two of four. Next up, we're going to be talking Texas, Nebraska. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment three of six, big game preview, college football, Nebraska-Texas. It's a playing game for the national title, really. Okay. Well, if Texas wins. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As usual, you give us the line breakdown and the line move on the game. Interesting one here. Um, This one's at Cowboy Stadium. Again, neutral site. 
Texas Open is a 13-point favorite with a total 46.5. As of today, we're looking at 14, a couple 14.5s, and a total of 43.5. I actually used that under as one of my true steam plays this week. Um, for that weekly blog and I could tell you for sure because of the way the line moved up and down the wise guys bet both sides of this one as far as the sides concerned they laid 13 with Texas and a couple books took it all the way up to 15 and they bought that back they took the plus 15 plus 14 and a halves that were out there that's why we're looking pretty much a steady 14 some square shops have 14 and a half okay so a couple points you just made one is you're doing a weekly blog true steam it's called True Steam, in which you break down the line moves and tell you when they're legitimate and true and when they're looking and, to buy back Yeah, later. and I'm get, they're, they're actual plays because I'm choosing the ones that agree with my own ratings and my own lines. And so far this year, it's done really well. Over 65% on the yeah, year. Yeah, 68% for 68%. the year and 75% over the last five weeks. And that's so. all free. Just go to pregame.com, click blogs, and, and it's, it's up right there every there. week. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, and you, you're saying you had a comment on the total. On the side, you're saying it looks like the wise guys like the favorite below 14 and like the dog above 15. Exactly. Or above 14. Exactly. Okay, as you look at this game, Marco, as a handicapper, what jumps out at you? Well, what jumps out to me is the move on the over-under. And for there to be this much action on an under early in the week, yeah. that's wise. That's definitely wise guy money early on. And You're not going to bet on this early. related this early. All right. right. And looking at the Nebraska defense – that's the key to this game. If they're able to slow Texas down, throw out last week's game for Nebraska against Colorado because uh, it really was a meaningless game. In their previous five games, they held Iowa State to 9, Baylor to 10, Oklahoma to 3, Kansas to 17, and Kansas State to 3. The only Texas Tech scored more than 20 on them, and they beat them. That's the only problem there. If this team gives up points, All right, but hold on a second. Trouble. We're about answers, not questions here. So, yeah, if Nebraska's defense plays great, they're probably going to cover <laughs> the 14. What do you look at as a handicapper? Are they going to play well against well, Texas? Well, based on the wise guys making that bet on the under, the Sharps are saying that this Nebraska defense is going to play well. They're betting it under. They wouldn't be betting it under if they didn't think Nebraska could stop this Texas Offense. That's that's, that's what I'm looking. So, so you're saying that the under action makes you like or makes you think the wise guys like Nebraska's D, which makes a ton of sense. And if they like their D, you like Nebraska getting the point. Exactly. You're catching on quick. Well, you know, that's. <laughs> I mean, you would think it's not necessarily. That's an interesting concept because you would think if if them liking the Nebraska D makes them like Nebraska, they'd bet Nebraska. So what you're really saying is the wise guys are saying, hey, we're not going to get involved with Nebraska, but because we are betting the under, we, we do like the Nebraska D. You're saying if that's the case, that Nebraska D is going to play well, you actually think that, that you like Nebraska, which clearly means that you think the Nebraska offense is going to do okay against taxes. They're going to get enough points on the board to, to, stay, in, to stay in this game. All right, so what do you look at as the keys in this game? Uh, myself, I, I leaned under right away, too, obviously. That's why I gave it out as a, a true steam game this week. Um, but I think more of the reasoning why they're betting the under is because the fact Nebraska is going to have a lot of trouble scoring in this game. Texas is so good against the run that they force teams to throw. 
and when you could sit back and no teams are going to throw on you, no one's had success doing that against Texas. And I think that's what's going to happen to Nebraska this week. Texas has a huge advantage. As good as Nebraska's played defensively, the problem with them is they can't score points. They're 73rd in scoring offense, and you can't do that against Texas, who's ninth in scoring defense. So I think that move toward the under is more like the same move that happened with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State a week ago, two weeks ago, when they moved to Oklahoma in the under, and they did that because they weren't expecting Oklahoma State to score. All right, so let's think about this a second. Is And this is kind of an advanced concept, is... There's really two, forget special teams for a moment. There's two matchups. There's Team A's offense against Team B's defense and vice versa. And really, if you look at it and you think Team A is going to have an edge in both spots, then you like Team A on the money line, okay? Or excuse me, you like Team A as a point spread or as a side or the money line, but really you like that side. Right. But there's also a way those two different squares can be where you like the offense in both cases. If you like the offense in both cases, then you like the over. Or you could like, like the defense in both cases and like the under. So there's really four ways to play, right? Team A, Team B, B over, under. under. And what the wise guys are saying is when we look at the Texas offense against the Nebraska D, we like the under. We like the fact that Nebraska D is going to do well. When we look at the Nebraska offense against the Texas D, we think the Texas D is going to go well. We're not getting involved in the side. We're playing the under. That's exactly it. And that takes some guts when Texas has scored 41 points or more in five of the last six games. And now you're looking at a total but Marco's, of 43 and a half. But, but Marco's saying that... Hey, I actually think that, yeah, I think that the Nebraska D is going to do okay against the Texas offense, but I think the Nebraska offense might do a little better than expected, and if so, I'm going to like the underdog in this case. Right. One other point, and I know you don't like this, but I'm going to bring it up from last week. Texas is the team that has everything to lose in this game. Nebraska has nothing to lose in this game. We talked about this last week. There were six situations All the teams in these three big championship games had nothing to play for last week. Five out of six did not cover the spread last week. Which which games are we talking about? Alabama, Florida, who they played last week. So the teams in the big championship games the week before, they had nothing to play for. They they were already locked into these championships. Only one covered Florida. To me, motivation is I'm not sure exactly what we talked about where I disagree with that, but in general, I think motivation is very important. Okay, so each week we give a $10 coupon away for anyone that wants to actually buy a premium pick from Vegas Runner or you or any of the guys at Pregame Pros. Give us the information. Well, the coupon this week is PERFECT10. The word PERFECT in 10. And I'll tell you why we're using that for the coupon. No, it's not that Dwayne Bryant is as good looking as Bo Bo Derek, Derek, okay? (laughs) But Dwayne Bryant is on a perfect streak of 17 straight winners. 17 straight winners, so you always ask me about the hot capper. It's Dwayne That's Bryant. That's easy. That's easy. We also have another guy that's on a perfect streak. Uh, somebody's hit nine in a row. He's in the shadow, and that would be me. And uh, I've hit nine might, streaks. That hat could be making it where you're not being recognized. <laughs> well, you know, possibly. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we got two cappers with perfect streaks going. Let's think about 17-0. and 0. It's funny. If you grow up and you watch the old 
80s stuff where they everyone's went, only not, they went everyone was 90 percent this guy's gone 17 and 0 with thousands of people scrutinizing every game you know it's true the odds of that are over a hundred thousand to one of flipping a coin 17 straight times and getting 17 straight heads which uh Dwayne's done and he's got a game of the week coming up Saturday and you can get a ten dollar coupon ten dollar coupon go to the shopping cart put in whatever you want you'll get ten dollars off and yes if it's only ten dollars they get it free. That's awesome. All right, so good conversation, and we're going to be moving to we're going to be moving to the pros next. So next up is going to be Tennessee and Indianapolis. This is segment four of six, big game preview, NFL. We got the Colts and the Titans. VR, tell us about the line in this game. All right, this one opened with Indy as a seven and a half point home favorite at Chris. Um, money came in right away on Indianapolis when every other offshore book opened. They opened it at 7 with a total of 47. As of today, Indy's down to 6.5, and, and the total's still 47. All right, so trying to define the meaning of this move, we know Indy is a marquee team. Correct. So anytime the wise guys bet against a marquee team, you can be pretty sure it's a serious move. Yeah, they're not trying to beat the public to the better number. Okay, so wise guys like Tennessee For here. sure. Alright, we got our own wise guy. Marco, what do you think of this game? What jumps out at you? Well, the fact that Indianapolis, you know, they remain undefeated, but their last five games, still, they've only won by a total of 18 points. That's five wins, 18 points. They're just doing enough to get by, and you keep waiting for them to slip up. I mean, last week they were down 17 nothing early to Houston and ended up coming back and actually had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. That's why, not to interrupt you, but even though Indy's 11-0, and 7-3-1 against the spread, the last four weeks, speaking to bookmakers, three of the four weeks, the public came in against the Colts. They came in against them against Indi- against New England and twice against Houston when they were giving up all them points. It doesn't seem like this team, like you said, a marquee team like Indy to be up so big ATS on the year is a sign that they're overperforming. I mean, let's be honest, entering the year with the coaching change. No, no one thought 11 at all. Yeah, no, yeah for sure not. So what, I, what I've been thinking about is, and this is something that is a little bit sophisticated, but you know, you can bet, as you guys know, first halves in a game. Correct. My question is, if you really think about it, who in the world wouldn't want to, if you're going to fade Indy, why not play them that their opponent only Early. in the first half? You know, say, okay, and typically, though it can vary a little bit, that first half line is going to be half of the game line. So if Indy's laying seven, they might be laying three and a half. Now, around for the first half, around key numbers, sometimes they'll adjust that, that half rule that we just talked about. But, man, I, I wonder, and I didn't do the, the work on it, I wonder what the ATS record is for the Colts in the first first half. half. I I would be willing to bet it's less than 50%. I would probably have to agree with you. I know in the last few weeks, definitely they have not been because they fell behind last week. They fell behind against uh, New England on that Sunday night game. Uh, The Baltimore game, they had a lead early, and then Baltimore took the lead, and then they came back. No, they haven't dominated except for that first game against Houston where they 
let gave up a lead in the second half. They they haven't been blowing teams away in the first half. You're absolutely right. All right. So and by the way, if you're just betting with your local and and chances are he's not offering you a first half option, you can go to pregameaction.com and check out some of the best online sports books and uh, who all of them offer a first half option. Okay. Now. Tennessee, what do we think of this team? So, VR, when you look at this Tennessee team, how do you split up the reality of the 0-6 start and then the 5-0 run? That's the difficulty I'm having because, like, I'm a statistical-driven handicapper. It's numbers for me uh, more than anything else. And the numbers don't add up to what I've been seeing lately. Uh, What I mean is you look at their defense and their 29th in points allowed. So there's only two teams giving up more points than them. But in the last five weeks, only one time have they allowed more than 17 points. So how are these? How could I work these numbers correctly? Do you throw away the first half of the season and just use the last five weeks? Well, I think what makes it where the public is more in love with this resurgent Tennessee team is that the winning began right when the quarterback changed. Exactly. Out. And it's not as if, oh, they lost six and won five, which in general still would have a following at five-game win streak. But the fact that it happened with the quarterback change, and this is a quarterback a lot of people believed in at the beginning, uh, you know, the third pick in the draft, if I, if I remember correctly, from a few years ago. So I, I think people are almost like, wow, you know, if you polled the public and said event Young had started the season, what would their record be? I bet a lot of people would think this would be this Tennessee team would have far less than six losses. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I do think they have a, a momentum and they have some team spirit. The fact that they're talking about the playoffs yeah. at 10 and 6, until they lose that first game with Vince Young, there might be a deflation. But right now, if they can go 10 and 6, which they can mathematically, I can't imagine that there's any team as motivated or more motivated than Tennessee right now. After last week's 99-yard drive, I mean, the team believes in him. I mean, he converted, I think, two or three fourth-down plays, the the game winner on fourth down. But one thing about you said about the defense, what correlates to the better defense is the offense is more efficient. Since Vince Young has taken over, they are more efficient on offense. They're keeping the ball longer. They're not having as many three-and-out drives. So if your offense is on the field longer, automatically your defense is on the field less. And their defense did have injuries early in the year that they got people back later in the, the season, too, that's helped shore up that defense. But one interesting note I have, the best quarterback that they've faced in this five-game winning streak has been Matt Schaub. That's not a big statement. Yeah, they're 31st in the NFL in passing yards allowed, and now they're going against Peyton. So. So, so getting into the fundamental handicap here, we got this Tennessee team, which its one weakness, or its main weakness on D, is pass defense against Peyton Manning. So in that regard, you've got to like the Colts here in that it is strength against weakness, which leans you towards the cold. So, really, we've been talking back and forth. What's your lean, Marco? I lean to Indianapolis in this game, and the only reason I didn't make it an official pick uh, here on the podcast was I respect that line move coming down to 6.5. Coming off of 7 to 6.5 early in the week, you got to, you know, that causes me pause. You know, sharp money came in on, on Tennessee. But like you said, VR, Every week, they've been betting against Indianapolis. Correct. Where's your lane? 
I, I, I lean Indianapolis as well for this reason, but I'm not ready to bet him yet because of this also. Peyton Manning threw for 300 yards against him the first time. He'll be able to do that again. But on the Tennessee side, first time they played, Lendell White was the running back. He was the feature back, and Chris Johnson only had 30 yards, not even 20 yards, something like that. This time around, Indy's going to be forced to face Chris Johnson, who I think's one of the best running backs, if not the second best running back in the NFL behind Adrian Peterson. So that's where my hesitation is in back in the Colts here. How are they going to stop Johnson? All right, so speaking of the fact this is the second time this team has played and interdivision rivalry, out of the last nine games in this matchup, eight have gone under the total. So for whatever reason, is, and, and though we have a coaching change with the Colts, it seems like the system is very much the same. Right. So we have Jeff Fisher's been there many years. We have this Colts system many years. Certainly throughout the last four and, and a half, which would be uh, nine games, is this has been the same systems that have gone under eight of nine times. So I have a strong lean towards the under here. I, I just think mathematically, when you're eight and one like this, it's, this is a significant trend, I think. I agree with you 100%. I thought it was inflated, especially looking at these two teams. Neither of them let up more than 17 points. I mean, Indy's let up more than 17 twice in the last 11 games, and Tennessee once in, what, the last five or six games so all right good stuff now real quick i actually did a press release on the colts chance of going undefeated which we figured to be 28 percent which uh, is not as high as most people would expect you can check that out at pregame.com just click the blog section okay you can get all of our video well actually next up is we're going to be talking more nfl dallas and the giants for free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. This is segment five of six, big game preview, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants. VR, tell us about the line move in this game. Okay, bear with me here. Giants opened up as a one-point home favorite or pick them. Pretty much right there is all you saw Sunday evening with a total of 45 and a half. As of this morning... Dallas is anywhere from minus 1, minus 125, or minus 3, plus 110. So anywhere in between there, there's a couple two and a halves out there, a couple one and a halves, minus 120s. All right, so we're right around, if you're going to be laying the normal 110, right, right. around one and a half. Exactly. And so we have a move towards Dallas, and we got Dallas as a road favorite at the Giants. Yeah, and I'd say the wise guys hit it two different times because they hit an event right away that Sunday night and made Dallas a one-point favorite and then hit them again as a one-point favorite, moved it up to like one and a half and two at a lot of places. And my guess would be the meaning of this move is legitimate because it'd be hard pressed to think going against the Giants. Even though the Cowboys are a public team, the Giants are a New York team. The idea that they were expecting the public to bet this up Dallas minus three makes no sense. So it seems like they really wanted that position at Pickham and minus one on Dallas. I agree totally. Okay, and just a little side note is every half point is worth a certain amount of cents as you guys know so you could say hey do i want to lay minus three minus 100 or do i want to lay minus two and a half minus 125 usually that's going to be about a, a toss-up so every half point is meaningful to a certain number of cents three is worth about 23 cents two is worth about seven cents 
So it makes sense that on one hand you could lay one and lay 130, or you could be laying three and getting back 110. That all makes sense, so there's nothing crazy about that. It's just a little weird that, that each of the books has something so different exactly. on this game. All right, so Marco, you've got your official free pick in this game, so let me hype this up a little bit. All of us combined 27 and 8, we talked about in an earlier podcast, on our free picks. You've gone 11 and 3. So tell us who you like here and why. Well, deja vu for me because a couple weeks ago, right here, I gave you Green Bay over Dallas. Exact same situation. Home dog. Green Bay was returning home off of an ugly loss. Giants are returning home off of an ugly loss against Denver on Thanksgiving Day. Dallas coming off a win just like they were when they went into Green Bay. Line opened up pick. They bet it up to Dallas minus three. Same situation here. They're betting Dallas up. It's going to look like it'll finish at three uh, come Sunday. I like the Giants. I know they're playing bad. So was Green Bay when they came in here. This Dallas team, I'm not sold on them. They scored seven points against Green Bay, seven points against Washington. Those are not defensive powerhouses to only score seven points. Washington's a good defense. Washington's got a good defense. I mean, they're probably a top third of the league. Top third, but still only seven points playing at home. And at the very end of the game. Right. And you look at Oakland game last week. Dallas could not have had a better situation last week in playing Oakland. They were playing at home on a short week. Oakland had to travel. Oakland was coming off a huge upset against Cincinnati the week before. They caught them in a great situation. The Giants, on the other hand, were on the flip side of that. They were coming off an overtime win at home against Atlanta. Hard-fought game, high scoring. Had to travel west to Denver on a short week, play on the road Thanksgiving Day, and they were in the negative. So this is a situational play for me. I like the Giants to rise to the occasion. But let's talk about this. A situational play. So what you're saying is this. One of your precepts you you preach is batters feel most strongly what they see with their eyes most recently. They saw Dallas look good and the Giants look bad on national TV on Thursday. So that makes you think there's value on the Giants. Absolutely. And again, in basketball we get into this a lot. When you dig into the box score and say, hey, it's a deceiving score. And what you're saying is Dallas was deceivingly positive, Giants were deceivingly negative. Now sometimes you say that and then the line doesn't back it up. I say, where's the value? In this case, I see the value. The fact that the Giants are a home underdog Mm -hmm. against a Cowboy team that has not been impressive of late, I see the value. What causes me pause, and then I'd like to hear your thoughts is how bad the Giants have been playing. So let me just kind of throw that out there, and VR, you can tell me what you think. And they have. I, I agree with both you guys. I think the value is on the Giants' side. I think the public's going to come in on Dallas, and I think they're even going to use the revenge factor with the Giants going down to Dallas, beating them on national TV 33-31. In that game, though, although the final score looked close, the Giants blew them away. They just happened to go 0-5 in the red zone, and they settled for four field goals. Or that game would have never been close. Dallas only threw for 127 yards. They did it all through the ground, which is impressive. But I think the Giants, you know, playing up there in New York in the cold compared to running in Dallas's closed stadium is going to be a little different. So I give that edge there again to the Giants. Uh, and speaking of the cold, and 
being late in the year now. We're in December, and the Cowboys have been notorious for fading in December. Of the last 15 December games, they've covered three of them, 3-12, and 12, ATS in December. And in this NFC East, they've only covered three of 13. They don't like the, Smash Mouth. They don't like Smash Mouth. <laughs> they don't like late-season football. Another thing that makes me like uh, the Giants, but here's the big but. To me, you're right in that the public takes the most seriously what they see most recently. The way you win is find something that was deceptive that they've seen and are betting upon and bet opposite. My question is, with the injury to man and Eli's foot, is the Giants' poor performance deceptive? Or is it just a matter that this guy's got a bad foot and he hasn't played a good game since? He's played one good game since, and that was the Atlanta game. They put up 30-some points in that game. Uh, I, you know, he doesn't play defense, okay? so they put up the 30 points. But the thing about that game is he had extra time to rest that foot because that game was off the bye week. This is like a half a bye. You know, they have the three yeah, extra the days. So it might help the foot a bit. That's why I'm going to go with the Giants here. Take this game. I look for them to pull the upset. See, I, I think, though, the, the thing is, all right, the Giants have been playing terrible. We all know that. I have here they lost five of six. They've allowed less than 24 points just one time in that span. But what I think is, I think we gave the Giants too much credit early in the season. I mean, they were one of the When favorite. they started out hot, that's the thing. They were 9-1 to one to, win, to win the Super Bowl. Right, and they started out so hot. But if you really broke that team down, they had no wide receivers. Remember, mm-hmm. they lost everyone. So, I mean, I thought they were just, you know, playing above their head early on. And, and then they just came back down to earth. And obviously, they've been playing below the average lately, but I don't think it's as much as they're as bad as everyone thinks they are. Yeah. And they are just 6-5. and five, One I other mean. point that you brought out about the December stat with uh, Dallas, another factor is December is money time. You know, that's when you're making the crunch drive yeah, for yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. When's the last time Romo's won a a big, big game. A big never. game. I agree. I agree. And and really, you can make the case. This is we always talk about motivation. This is a must win. For, you would have yeah. to think for the Giants' playoff hopes, and I they're agree. an underdog at home. I think the value's there for sure. All right, good stuff. Next up, we're going to be talking our uh, sixth segment of the six this week: Monday Night Football, Baltimore at Green Bay. This is segment six of six, Monday Night Football. Baltimore at Green Bay. Tell us about the line move, Vegas runner. All right. Green Bay opened as a three-point home favorite. Three even money, meaning you had to lay minus 120 to grab three with the dog, Baltimore. And a total of 44.5. As of today, Green Bay still minus three, now minus $1.20. And the totals dipped all the way down to 43.5. Okay, so a couple thoughts. One is the betting market is telling us the Green Bay's better than Baltimore. Absolutely. Because three points for the home field, you're laying extra juice to lay the three. That's a heck of a change from its Baltimore team. And again, it's getting deep into the season. But after four weeks, if I'm not mistaken, they were number one in the ESPN poll. Oh, yeah. We've been preaching this Baltimore team's overrated. Number two, 44 is the second most key number in totals. 37 is number one. 44 is number two. To go from 44.5 to 43.5 is a significant move towards the under. For sure. And we all know that if the wise guys are betting against what they expect the public, it means they really like it and they don't want to wait 
because there's a chance other wise guys will get there first. Number, sure. Remember, there's not just one set of wise guys. They're competing with each other. Absolutely. So they really love the under here. See, that's a Monday night game, too. I mean, the trend, the public's going to bet over. Yeah, so they're saying this thing might be 42-41 by game time. That's why they're grabbing the 44. Now. All right. Marco, when you look at this game, now I actually have my official free pick on this game. And as we've been talking about, uh, VR, you're 9 out of 10 on free picks. Marco, you're 11 of 14. I'm 7 of 11. We're, we've been hot. I've got my official free pick. But let me make sure I'm, I feel good about it. Let me get your thoughts. Well, you hear me talk about public perception all the time. And what's going to happen in this game, the public is going to look at this game, and they're going to land on Green Bay. And this is how they're going to do it. They're going to look back to Thursday. They were eating their turkey. They were watching Green Bay go up and down the field on Detroit. Wow, look at that. Green Bay's back. That tasted good because they had Green Bay. Then Sunday night, they watched Baltimore play a life-and-death game with the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. Without Charlie Batch. Without Charlie Batch (laughs) going to a third-string quarterback without Troy Polamalu. And they should have lost the game. They should have lost the game. And their opinion from seeing that game is Baltimore's not good. And I think the value here is Baltimore's flying under the radar. I like looking at teams that come off ugly wins. And let's face it, that win was as ugly as it gets. Yeah. You, and because what you get is value. Normally when a team comes off a win, you've got to pay a little bit of a premium. But when it was an ugly win... You're not paying a premium. All right, so what we have is a follow-up to the Dallas Giants game where the weekend action was something that these were premier games a lot of people watched in which Baltimore looked bad, Green Bay looked good, and thus you want to go with a team that looked bad because you think the public's overcompensating right now. Right. All right, what do you think? I I leaned Baltimore for sure in this game. I think that's where the value is, and I do think this team – is underrated, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball because of how good they were in seasons past. But when you look back in the last... Oh, hold on, what do you mean? They're, because they're not quite as good as they were in seasons past, you think people are overreacting to the defense to, getting worse on ball. Exactly, ball. and just thinking this is just your average, typical run-of-the-mill NFL defense right now, and they're not. They're fourth in points allowed, and in the last seven weeks, six of those times... They didn't allow more than 17 points. So even when they lose, this team doesn't get blown away. They're going to be in games because it is defense. And I think against Green Bay, that's the kind of style that wins games. All right, now, I've been preaching for two seasons this Flacco is not quite as good as people are making him out to be. It would seem now that in a, moving towards the last quarter of his second year, this is when you'd expect him to be stepping up. I'm not sure he's playing any better now than he was last year. He didn't go to Delaware by accident. Let's tell it like it is. You know? He played the first five weeks of this season better than he did last year. I agree with that. He has regressed over the last five weeks. I mean, he was so robotic. I tell you this, as a Steeler fan, watching that game, it was really a painful experience for me. I can't believe that they didn't get conservative in overtime and punt that ball away because literally other than one big play on a slant, which give them credit, 
is this Baltimore team, it was like Flacco was a target that couldn't move. They were stripping the ball. They were tipping the ball. The tur- it seemed like there was at least a decent chance of getting a turnover. Flacco is not mobile. I he's agree. very robotic. I think against an aggressive defense, he's you know he, he can sit back there and throw the long ball. But, man, he is like a 1980s quarterback. No, and that's where make. they grabbed him for his arm strength he was known. But I'm one of them people that always say that. Yeah, there's diamonds in the rough. They sixth, you know, sixth round draft picks. You know, they say Tom Brady. Yeah, but Tom Brady went to Michigan, yeah. so it wasn't by accident that he was had talent. But guys like him, that the Tony Romos that everybody's saying are, are better than they are. They weren't wrong in high school and in college. And were all these people wrong about these quarterbacks? I don't think so. Two quick points to make for you: this winning streak for Green Bay, the three-game winning streak, they've enjoyed a nine-to-two turnover margin. That's really helped. That's another example where a score can be deceiving, yeah. and you want to usually go against a team that's gotten lucky in turnovers recently. Right. And the teams they faced have not been good defensive teams, and Green Bay still has not fixed the problem of protecting Rodgers. And the Baltimore defense should get some sacks this and, week. And it looks like the odds makers think the defense is going to show up and that Green Bay is going to have some trouble because Green Bay scored 30 points back-to-back, scored 23-plus in 9 of 11 games this season, and yet the total's down to 43-and-a-half. All right, that so speak a lot. That's a good segue into my free that's pick. That's what I wanted to know. Uh-oh. What is the play? Drum roll, please. I don't even know what the, the play is. The official free pick over the total. I like Over 43-and-a-half. I'm bucking. I'm bucking the wise guys. Wise guys, schmise guys. And what I would say in this case is bet it now at 43 and a half if you can. And here, this is a this is a team profile play. It's really simple. I do believe Baltimore's still overrated on D, actually. I, clearly, they're down from last year. But I'm not sure how good this D is, to be honest. Green Bay, as a home favorite, has gone over 12 of 16. Baltimore as a road dog has gone over 13 of 16. So 12 and 4 over, 13 and 3 over in these spots. These teams, now this is a whole season, both of these are 16 game trends, a whole season worth of games in the exact spot they're in, over 80% towards the over, both. To me, it's a profile play that it fits perfectly. And I like what you said, bet it now, because the only way this gets to 43 or under is if there's a blizzard. You know, that's yeah. such a key number for Monday night. And, and that is an interesting point, is when there's a potential weather, you usually don't want to play the over early. So that may be something to do. Is You know, the technology these days, you can look out three, four days ahead. Yeah. Unless it looks like there's a big weather problem, this is a game that's right below a key number. We always talk about it. When a game is near a key number, you're risking a 44 to gain a 43. Well, 44 is much more valuable than to gain 43. I'd take the 43 and a half over. That's my official pick. Any thoughts on it? I'll give you one little angle that will help your over as well. Baltimore did play Pittsburgh, so we have the Pittsburgh angle and the basis of that angle going against teams the following week is that they're banged up physically and after you take a pounding your tackling's not as sharp the following week. That's one of your pet ones is after the Steelers. All right, any thoughts to wrap up, VR? For the no, I, I, that's the side I was leaning to as well for the total. I thought this, this total came out a little low because of the trend last couple Monday nights. People have gotten burned betting over, so they brought this one out a little too low, I think. All right, well, good stuff. Good show this week. And we'll be back. We're here every week breaking down six big games. We'll be back next week on Wednesday. Remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv 
Or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com.